Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company, and I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests, Pastor Rick Stevens. He's the co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Michael Cannon is Director of Health Policy Studies at the uh, Cato Institute. Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government and the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett, he'll be with us as well. It is September the 15th, and on this day in 1978, boxer Muhammad Ali defeated Leon Spinks in the uh, Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans to win the world heavyweight boxing title for the third time in his career, the first fighter ever to do so. Following his victory, Ali retired from boxing only to make a brief comeback two years later. He once claimed that he could float like a butterfly and sting like a bee, and I am the greatest, he would say. He left the sport permanently in 1981. Born Cassius Marcellus Clay Jr. in Louisville, Kentucky on January the 14th, 1942, the future world champ changed his name to Muhammad Ali in 1964 after converting to Islam. He earned a gold medal in the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome and made his professional boxing debut against Tunney Hunsaker in October 1960, winning the bout in six rounds. On October 25, 1964, he defeated the heavily favored Sonny Liston in six rounds to become the heavyweight champ, after which he famously declared, I am the greatest. A lot of people thought that fight was thrown because he won it with such ease. During the Vietnam War... Ali refused to be inducted into the U.S. Armed Forces in the 1967, was convicted of draft evasion and banned from boxing for three years. He stayed out of prison as his case was being appealed and returned to the ring in October 1970, knocking out Jerry Quarry in Atlanta in the third round. On March 8, 1971, he fought Joe Frazier in the fight of the century and lost after 15 rounds, the first loss of his professional boxing career. In June 1971, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Alley's conviction for evading the draft. As a, at a 1974, January 1974 rematch in New York City's Madison Square Garden, Alley defeated Frazier in 12 rounds. In October that same year, an underdog Alley bested George Foreman and reclaimed his heavyweight championship belt in the heavily hyped Rumble in the Jungle in uh, Zaire with a knockout in the eighth round. On February the 15th, 1978, in Las Vegas, an aging Ali lost the title to Leon Spinks in a 15-round uh, split decision. Her Spinks, this was born in 1953 and won a gold medal in the boxing in 1976 Summer Olympics in Montreal. The fight was just the eighth of his professional career. However, seven months later, on September the 15th, Ali won the title back in a unanimous 15-round decision. In June 1979, Ali uh, uh, announced he was retiring from boxing. Uh, on October the 2nd, 1980, he returned to the ring and fought heavyweight champ Larry Holmes, who knocked him out in the 11th round. After losing to Trevor Burbick on uh, 11th, 1981, he left the ring for the last time with a record of 56 wins, 5 losses, 37 knockouts. In 1984, he was re uh, revealed to have Parkinson's disease. 
He died on June the 3rd, 2016. Boy, it's been so long, huh? Time passes quickly. Spinks retired from boxing in 1995 with a record of 26 wins, 17 losses, 14 knockouts. He died on February the 5th, 2021. The great Muhammad Ali. What a figure. And uh, just so brazen and so great. He was fantastic. I want to let you know that Gulf Shore Playhouse is starting its new works festival today through Sunday the 18th. Tickets are only 20 bucks, and they've got four plays they're putting on. Compromised, A Danger to Yourself and Others, Remember, and James of Nazareth. You probably haven't heard of these plays. That's because they're all new works. They're being read for the first time. The actors are professional actors. They'll have scripts. But I've been to these things. I tell you, it's just amazing how just hearing them read the words and hearing them uh, do the parts, how alive the whole thing becomes. This is an effort, of course, by uh, Golfshire Playhouse in order to not only uh, bring entertainment uh, during this time of year, but also to promote new works in in, uh, the theater arts. It's going to be at the Norris Community Center, and uh, tickets are only $20 per performance. I hope you'll check it out. Go to golfshoreplayhouse.org, golfshoreplayhouse.org. Governor Ron DeSantis announced the U.S. News and World Report released their 22-23 best college rankings with Florida public universities earning top spots across multiple categories. The best colleges ranking placed uh, the University of Florida and Florida State University among the top 20 public universities in the country. University of Florida earned spot number five, ranking on the list, and FSU earned the number 19 spot. The University of South Florida was ranked among the top 50 public universities in the country at number 42, rising four spots from last year and breaking into the list of the top 100 public and private universities for the first time ever at number 97. The University of uh, Central Florida and Florida International University were also in the top 100 public universities, uh, coming into 64 and 72 respectively. As of 2021, Florida had been ranked the number one state for higher education for five consecutive years by U.S. News and World Report. Now, I think that's something to be proud of. Uh, not only are we offering these great universities, but also at, uh, I think, very nominal prices. Governor Scott, as well as Dr. DeSantis, have worked very hard in order to provide outstanding uh, education uh, for people in Florida. Uh, public schools in Florida. Florida schools are some of the best in the nation, and these rankings show that our investments in higher education and our focus on providing an affordable, quality education are paying off, said uh, the governor. I'm especially proud that we have not allowed tuition increase since I've been governor, uh, making higher education in Florida and affordable as virtually anywhere in the nation, he said. Uh, Florida schools also earned high rankings in other categories, uh, just amazing performance uh, for Florida. Again, congratulations, Governor DeSantis, and of course the citizens of Florida. And by the way, Governor DeSantis sent two plane loads of Venezuelan illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. They walked from the airport, kind of lost, and uh, moved, went to the walked, I guess, several miles to the community service center. And St. Andrew's Church took them in and said they'd take care of them uh, temporarily while they f- figure out what they're going to do. But uh, uh, again, Governor DeSantis keeping his promise. He's got it budgeted in, in the budget to uh, uh, send uh, illegal immigrants that end up in Florida. We'll send them to places that uh, perhaps could uh, take good care of them. We know they can in, in Martha's Vineyard. After several weeks of stock market route, the Dow Jones lost the last of its gains since Biden's inauguration. 
The blue chip index is basically flat since January 20, 2021, but that's just the nominal return, that is zero, if you factor in inflation, because inflation affects not only incomes and not only the cost of goods, but also your stock portfolio, it's down another 12.7% in that period of time. So this means that while the value of all publicly traded stocks at roughly $48 trillion, investors have lost more than $5 trillion in, in real buying power, in real wealth and savings under Biden's presidency. So incomes, paychecks, and savings are getting creamed all at once. We miss uh, President Trump. Well, Tuesday was an abysmal day for the economy and for stocks notwithstanding Biden's remarkable Rose Garden victory celebration on the economy while the market was tanking. Uh, one overlooked uh, development was the fact that rising is uh, also the 30-year mortgage rates. They've climbed above 6% in most markets, up from 2.7% uh, when that uh, near-fascist Donald Trump was in uh, the White House. This has raised uh, payments, interest payments on 30-year mortgage for a $500,000 house, house by about $200,000 over the life of the loan. That doesn't help some sellers or buyers, does it? By the way, I think only 48% of homes in Collier County close with a mortgage, which is pretty interesting. The White House is uh, seeking to prevent a nation nationwide rail strike that could worsen supply chain bottlenecks and increase gas prices. BNSF, CSX, Norfolk Southern, and Union Pacific announced embargoes on certain shipments earlier this week as negotiations continue with two of the nation's largest rail unions, the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers and Trainmen, and SMART, Smart Transportation Division. The Biden administration created a presidential emergency board via executive order to, uh, two months ago to facilitate negotiations. Well, of course, it's all in the last hour right now because uh, the strike would start on Friday. We've made crystal clear to our interested parties that harm the American families, businesses, and farmers and communities would experience if they did not reach a resolution, said Jean-Pierre, Karine Jean-Pierre. She told reporters on Tuesday, asking, adding that the administration is working with shipping, trucking, and air freight companies to see how they can set set step up and keep goods moving in case of a rail shutdown. Don't hold a lot of hope because of what's happened with the baby formula situation. But nevertheless, Labor Secretary Marty Walsh is stated to host a union leaders and rail company executives on Wednesday morning. That's, well, it's actually uh, yesterday morning, according to a statement from the Labor Department. Yeah, we'll see how this all works out. It's pretty, the, the daily cost of nationwide rail sh uh, shutdown could amount to $2 billion, according to a, a report from the Association of American Railroads. Moving shipments to truckers would require the equivalent of 467,000 additional long-haul trucks per day, uh, growth that would take years of concerted effort to achieve, especially amid a shortage of more than 80,000 truck drivers right now. The Retail Industry Leader Association explained that in a letter July to the Biden administration that freight rail accounts for 40% of long-distance shipping volume more than any other mode of transportation. Uh, the strike at this juncture would be devastating to the rail industry, to the millions of American retailers and other businesses that depend on rail who are already dealing with an ongoing challenge in every area of the supply chain. Plus, mounting inflationary pressures, the group said, failure to reach a reasonable agreement could result in a significant disruption into rail network and, by extension, the retail industry. 
Now, I don't have a lot of hope that this is going to get resolved, unfortunately, because just because by inductive reasoning, this administration has not had a lot of success in, in resolving problems. I mentioned the baby formula issue before. Uh, gas prices are going to probably increase. It's just uh, the national average price of gas was $2.38 per gallon when Biden assumed office uh, to $3.53 for the start of the Russian invasion, now surpassing $5 a gallon in early June. We'll see how this all works out. Final story in this segment, uh, Denmark will bar 50, uh, people age 50, under 50 age, uh, years of age from receiving the COVID vaccine. In July 22, it was uh, no longer possible for children and adolescents aged under 18 to get the first COVID vaccine injection. After September 1st, it's no longer possible for them to get the second injection. Now, this is according to Alex Berenson. Denmark has, will bar almost everyone from under age 50 from receiving more uh, mRNA COVID jabs, the Danish health authority said yesterday. <clears throat> Denmark has already ended COVID shots for nearly everyone under 18. Danes under 50 will only be allowed to receive the shots if they are high, higher risk or become severely uh, uh, compromised by COVID-19. What do they know that we don't? Uh, yesterday, Fauci was testifying and, uh, of course, uh, flip-flopped on a lot of issues. But right now, there's a lot of evidence, and there's a lot of evidence, that the, these COVID vaccines are more harmful than they are helpful, especially to younger people in good health. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Pastor Rick Stevens, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. 
Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social, a new refreshing social networking platform. And you can find out more and download the app by visiting the website choicesocial.us. Choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Michael Cannon, the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. Right now we have with us Pastor Rick Stevens. He is the co-founder of a terrific organization. It's called the Florida Citizens Alliance. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, always look forward to it, Bob. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure, Pastor Rick. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. Well, we're a mostly volunteer group that uh, tries to represent parents and the people that love kids across Florida when it comes to education issues and bring solutions to the table. There are problems that pop up everywhere, and most anybody can find a dozen problems in 10 minutes or less, but we look for solutions to try to solve those. And we do that at the legislature. We do that locally, working with teams in local counties to try to help things in in their school. And we try to help parents know about their alternatives because there are good choices for parents if they're having trouble with their child in their public school. Well, thank you for that, Pastor. The the, uh, website is goflca.com, goflca.com. Again, a terrific. They've just, Pastor Rick and uh, Keith Law have done a terrific job of gaining traction and uh, for the benefit of our kids here in uh, public schools in Florida. Pastor Rick, uh, we're coming up with elections, and uh, I just wonder if you had any advice for our listeners about how to choose a good candidate to vote for for school boards. Well, one of the solutions we try to help people with is to choose good school board members because school boards in Florida have an awful lot of responsibility and the decisions they make really affect children in direct ways. And I've been listening to a lot of candidates talk this season, and uh, they say a lot of the same things. And I was listening to a debate between a couple of candidates recently, and it suddenly dawned on me what's been, what's been nagging me that I couldn't quite identify. And so I finally summarized it in this question. Do we want to elect school board members that are just school board administrators, or do we want to elect school board members that really act like school board members? Well, what I mean by that is this. So there was a discussion of the budget in this particular conversation I heard, and everybody's concerned about how much money our government agencies are spending. Mm. And schools are no, no different from that. There are millions and millions and millions of dollars being spent every year. And so the moderator asked about reducing spending. Well, the candidates went into their kind of litany of things. Well, we got to look at transportation. we got to look at contracts. And they named a few other things. And while I'm listening, my I saw some friends of mine last night. My hair caught on fire. I couldn't believe what I was hearing because it dawned on me that we're, we're t- approaching this like we're school administrators. Mm-hmm. Lee County and Collier County both passed very high tax increases, over 16%. In Collier, over 17% in Lee. Wow. My statement or my suggestion to these school board members is 
why don't you tell us that you're going to pass a motion directing the superintendent to reduce spending by, let's say, 5% in the next 60 days? In these days of inflation, every family, everybody out there is conscious of how they can reduce their spending by more than 5%. And if, if the schools can't do it by 5%, what's going on? We don't need to take the, our time. Our school board members don't need to take their time figuring out the how. They need to give direction. That's what a school board member does, gives direction to the administration and says, get it done. And I think we as voters need to look for the kind of people that will say that. We don't have to tell them how. We just have to tell them, get it done. And if, if the how doesn't turn out like we want it, then we fix that, too. Yeah. But we need to give direction and not try to come alongside and, and help them. You know what? That's such an important observation, Pastor Rick. You know, uh, I think all of us should be looking at it that way. And how do we can get people who are leaders, not just administrators, in, in the role of school board members, indeed. Uh, Pastor Rick, by the way, I understand there was a kind of a dust-up in Pasco County. Oh, yeah, it's kind of a dust-up, all right. There was a big cheating scandal in Pasco County, specifically at Hudson High School. The uh, FDLE investigated it, and they uncovered a scandal that was about greed and cheating. It seems that there's an opportunity for students to, to take some uh, training, pass a test. And um, what turned out happening was that the teachers involved were taking the test and handing it out to the students and saying, here's a study guide for the material. Study this so you can pass the test. Well, they were actually studying the test. Talk about teaching to the test. We used to talk about that yeah. <clears throat> you know, a couple of years ago. Well, they were actually giving them the test to prepare. And in some cases, the teachers were actually filling out the test un, unbeknownst to the students uh, to turn it in. Wow. It resulted in a thousand students being essentially defrauded from their education because they weren't taught and weren't then able to demonstrate that they had learned the material. It cost and was a combined loss of over $700,000. $36,000 of those dollars went into the pockets of the teachers because the teachers had a financial incentive huh. to get students to pass the test. Unbelievable. My goodness, and it must have been an orchestrated event. A lot of teachers got together and pulled this off. Unbelievable. Well, well, thank you. Well, for... we know there were three, but we, we suspect there were a lot more people that were involved. And by the way, we're hearing about this kind of thing across Florida. So if anybody out there is listening and has some information or a tip for us, we're looking into this kind of cheating stuff in, in more than one county. Wow. And uh, we'd be glad to hear from them if they know something. GoFLCA.com, again, is the website. Pastor Rick, you've got a big event coming up soon. We do. Every year this time, we have what we call our Liberty Challenge. And we have to do fundraising from time to time because it takes money to operate and get these good things done for our students. And on October 12th, we're having our Liberty Challenge celebration. And we'd like to invite everybody to join us. You can buy tickets at our website. You said it, GoFLCA.com. We're having General Michael Flynn come and speak to us. We're going to have a lot of good refreshment, and it's, a, and it's a lot of good times. I mean, Wednesday, October 12th at 5 o'clock, people can't find a better thing to do right then. And I always say, I'm sure people get really tired of hearing me say this, but we've heard General Flynn on the news and at interviews and things like that, and that's always good. It's always good to hear from him. But there's nothing like being in the room, listening to him in person, having the chance to shake his hand, and hear what he has to say, because he travels the country, he has a pulse on what's going on, and you always get something out of these events that you can't get anyplace else. And so I want to invite people to join us October 12th, 
It's going to be a great event. Go to our website. The event information is there, and we'd love to have you. And when you come, introduce yourself to me. So, you, so I'll know you heard about it when we were talking. Yeah, absolutely. Pastor Rick, that's great. And uh, General Flynn, just as a side note, he's actually signed up as a precinct captain in his area where he lives, which is just terrific. If you can imagine, I'm talking about being, uh, being the common man. Uh, he walks the walk. He does indeed. Michael can I got Pastor Rick Stevens again, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. GoFLCA.com is the website. Pastor Rick, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. Great to talk to you. You as well. Thank you. All right, coming up, we will speak with uh, Michael Cannon. He is the Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Michael Cannon, the director of health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Michael, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good to be here, Bob. Michael, tell us about the Cato Institute. Cato Institute is a libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C. That means that uh, libertarian means we believe in all rights for all people and uh, that you should be able to live your life however you want as long as you respect uh, all of the rights of others. And as I said before, that this would be non-controversial in the land of the free. However, in Washington, D.C., there are all sorts of people who want to uh, uh, make your decision
decisions for you, uh, either because they know better or because they know that they will profit if they uh, can give government the power to uh, run your life. No question. I mean, we, we saw a case with uh, with Obamacare passed back in the day. I was it, about that, eight years ago, ten years ago. And uh, we were promised $2,500 with uh, savings and premiums as a result. Uh, you know what? That hasn't materialized. In fact, the insurance has become more expensive. I just want to get your thoughts. You know, in fact, this is part of this Inflation Reduction Act. I didn't realize this, but provides more money for funding subsidies for Obamacare. So Obamacare requires people to buy more coverage than a lot of people buy more coverage than they would otherwise. Right. That increases premiums. Uh, it has price controls that you would think would keep premiums down. In fact, uh, like many government interventions in the economy, it has the opposite of the intended effect. It, it too has caused the price controls have also caused premiums for Obamacare plans to rise. And the architect of the law knew that it would have these sorts of effects. Uh, and, uh, because low-income people have a difficulty affording health insurance besides, they created these sliding-scale subsidies that are bigger for lower-income people and then get smaller and smaller as your income rises and then completely disappeared when you hit a certain income threshold or 400% of the poverty level, as we like to say, which is um, uh, around... Um, around 50 or so thousand dollars uh, uh, per uh, single individual, and then it gets higher as, as your income rises. However, even though uh, uh, Obama, there were these premium subsidies in place, uh, Obamacare caused premiums to rise so much that Democrats began to recognize that Obamacare plans are not affordable even for high-income people. Even uh, uh, for people who were getting these subsidies and even for people who were making um, too much money to qualify for these subsidies, Obamacare plans were not the affordable. The Affordable Care Act had made health insurance so unaffordable that more Democrats began to argue that more than half the country cannot afford them. So uh, in the, uh, uh, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act, they extended uh, uh, temporary subsidies that the Congress had begun to offer previously to people above 400% of the poverty level. Indeed, to people making $100,000, $200,000 a year. Mm. Uh, 300, in some parts of the country, they were, ex they were creating Obamacare subsidies, premium subsidies for people making up to $500,000. Oh, my gosh. That's this tells you. You know, if people, if people making $500,000 a year need help from the government in order to afford Obamacare coverage, first, first of all, who else is there to tax? Who is there left to tax yeah. in order to pay for those subsidies? But it, tell, it tells you that Obamacare did not make health insurance more affordable. It made health insurance less affordable. 
How do we get rid of this? I mean, my understanding is there's only, I think, 10, 20 million people nationwide enrolled in Obamacare, so it's not really doing its job. Second of all, it's a one-size-fits-all type of insurance program. If I had my choice, I'd have a health savings account and catastrophic care insurance that would keep the premium very low, but that's not what Obamacare does. Well, it also causes a race to the bottom in health insurance quality because it punishes insurers if they offer... Uh, comprehensive quality coverage to the sick, and so nobody can get adequate insurance because of this race to the bottom that Obamacare creates. So what do we do about that? Well, we should be giving people the choice of buying less coverage if you don't want to buy maternity coverage, if you don't want to buy coverage for preventive care. You should have you have a right not to buy coverage that you don't want to choose what's in your health plan, in part because that would help bring down your premiums. But the big premium driver are those price controls I mentioned. We call them Obamacare's pre-existing conditions provisions uh, that say to insurance companies, you can't charge healthy people any more than you charge sick people. That causes premiums to rise dramatically for healthy people. They're also the things that cause the uh, coverage to get worse for the sick. Those are the provisions that do that. And so people, uh, the solution is, to free people to purchase insurance that's not subject to those price controls. Now, in Florida, you've got a pretty good opportunity to do that. If your state legislature, your state legislature can give every Florida employer and every Florida consumer the freedom to avoid Obamacare, uh, Obamacare's cost-based regulation, just by giving them the freedom to purchase insurance licensed by Puerto Rico. Because in 20... 2013, 2014, the Obama administration said that U.S. territories are exempt from Obamacare's cost cost regulations, hmm. which means that all of those mandates that we mentioned and those health insurance price controls that we mentioned, they don't apply in Puerto Rico. Hmm. So if Florida passes a law that says our residents can buy insurance licenses in Puerto Rico, we're going to recognize those, recognize those health insurance licenses. And millions of Floridians would be able to buy more affordable coverage that is that is that does a better job of providing coverage to the sick because it doesn't so, uh, force insurers into that race to the bottom of the public. Yeah. So, so uh, first of all, uh, do people in Puerto Rico know about this? Are they actually uh, working to take advantage of this opportunity to provide insurance? And why only Florida? Why not other states? So any state could do this, but Florida is not only geographically closest to Puerto Rico. Florida has uh, a significant Puerto Rican population, which should make it, which makes Florida the ideal state to start ah. uh, to be the to be the first mover here. Uh, not only will a lot of Florida residents be comfortable buying an insurance license in Puerto Rico because a lot of Florida residents are Puerto Rican, but the way that Obamacare supporters are going to attack this idea is they're going to say, this is junk insurance. In fact, it's Obamacare that's junk coverage. Right. Uh, but but uh, it's going to be a lot harder to argue to Puerto Rico's significant, uh, to Florida's significant Puerto Rican population that Puerto Rican coverage is junk coverage, precisely because Puerto Rico has one of the largest, or Florida has one of the largest Puerto Rican populations. 
You know, this is this is great news. I'm I'm just hopeful that the uh, Puerto Rican uh, healthcare folks are up to the challenges of developing a good product and getting it out there for us to uh, to uh, to take a look at. Michael Cannon again, Director of Health Policy Studies at the Cato Institute. The website is cato.org, C A T O.org. Michael, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Anytime. Great to be here, Bob. Thank you, Michael. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Finish what you started with a Hodges University wheel. You can complete your bachelor's degree in as little as one year with your previously earned credits. What's the wheel? It's a customized bachelor's degree in organizational management. Learn about and apply the business, management, and leadership skills you need to advance your career. You can get unmatched educational experience with classes held once a week on campus in Fort Myers, in Port Charlotte, or Naples. You'll be immersed in classes taught by professors with real-world experience in the areas of business, management, and leadership. This degree can be applied to all areas of professional career. Learn more by calling 239-938-7700. That's 239-938-7700. Or visit Hodges.edu. Stay near and go far with Hodges University. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. I want to remind you that today and tomorrow, first responders or anyone wearing red, white, and blue will receive 20% off their entree at Lulubee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. That's their way of honoring the day of uh, our community and our first responders. So again, Lulubee's Diner, one of my favorite places for breakfast or lunch at the Green Tree Shopping Center. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now, we have with us Seton Motley. He's the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and it's not happening. <laughs> well, you're at least helping to reduce the, the, the level of growth or the pace of growth, anyhow, Seton. So. Yeah. So, hey, you wrote a piece that I found very interesting. Hold the first truly post-Trump farm bill properly this time, D.C. conservatives. So maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, this has been a, you know, the whole, 
the whole planet, the whole political planet needs in America needs to be looked at in two epochs, pre-Trump and post-Trump. I'm not trying to liken him to Christ or anything like that. But really, the sea changes, plural, that occurred with Trump entering the political world have been numerous and huge. Um, he rapidly uh, accelerated and finished off the voter realignment in this country. The Republican Party, D.C. GOP notwithstanding, fighting, you know, fighting it every step of the way and not acknowledging it. The GOP is now the party of the working and middle class. Right. And, and you know, if, if the D.C. GOP would get their keister, head out of their keisters, they, they'd realize that the left is now relegated to cobbling the Democrats are cobbling together billionaires and millionaires who are so rich that the stupid party policies don't hurt them because they're just so wealthy, it doesn't matter. And the decades-long entrenched poverty voters of big cities who have voted this way for decades and don't seem intent on changing their ways, um, you know, it's the Kevin Bacon, thank you, sir, may I have another voter. Um, and, you know, blacks and Hispanics of all income levels, for the first time in decades, mm -hmm. have reconsidered their mindless support of the Democrat Party because of Trump. It's, it's amazing to me that a billionaire Queens, New York playboy has engendered the passionate support of Christians and, and blue collar Americans. It's just amazing. Well, it's amazing. he just wants to make America great again, and uh, nobody seems to be on board that's uh, against uh, uh, Trump, and he's simply expanding the tent under, under the GOP, under the Republican Party. Very early on, when he first announced Make America Great Again and all that, I said, "You, America has a choice. They can make... They can keep D.C. great, or they can make America great again. Right. That's the choice. And all these D.C. swamp creatures can, of course, keep D.C. great with their $4 trillion, $5 trillion a year in spending and all the contracts and lobbying contracts that entails. Mm -hmm. So we get to the farm bill. Now, the reason I say truly for first truly post-Trump farm bill they passed the Farm Bill in 2018, but Trump's full effect hadn't really been seen. Most of the 2018 Farm Bill was written in 2016 and 2017, when he either wasn't there or had just gotten there. This is the first one we can look at through a truly post-Trump post prism and say, okay, what are we doing? Now, this is another example of the D.C. conservatives, and they're, they're just not, you know, they're, they're paleolithic thinking as far as the world as it is versus the world as it was. Um, you know, look, as a conservative, if I hear one more conservative quote Reagan, I'm going to go nuts. No one knows who Reagan is anymore unless you're 50 or older. Stop it. <laughs> Likewise with these policies. These policies are antiquated. They're antediluvian. They're crazy at this point. Mm -hmm. You cannot look at the world as it is with, with what Trump exposed on trade and on and on uh, subsidies in trade, and say the, the the farm. You know, once again, the conservatives are going to line up the D.C. conservatives and and say we need to kill the farm bill. We need to stop the farm bill, and it is such a minuscule drop in a huge bucket of 
mess that is the global trade market for farm commodities. Right. And to, you know, it's such a little bit of protectionism. And again, DC has made protectionism a dirty word. It's not. Before you can conserve something conservative, you have to protect it. Right. And, and the, the, the little tiny bit of protectionism represented in the farm bill. By the way, two farm bills ago, 10 years ago, they ended direct payments to farmers. There are no more direct payments to farmers. Haven't been in 10 years. Hmm. It, it's a little bit of protectionism in the Trump mold. Of course, it existed way, it way predated Trump's political debut. But it's just a little tiny bit of protectionism. You know, I always, I always go back because it's such a huge number for such a singular commodity. Brazil subsidizes their sugar $4 billion a year. Yep. Thailand subsidizes their sugar $2 billion a year. Little Thailand, $2 billion a year. And then, of course, that means they can charge 4 and $2 billion a year less, respectively, than an actual market price because they're subsidized to charge lower. What does that do to our farmers? It screws them. It undercuts them. It undermines them. So th- this, this notion that the solution to this global trade spiderweb nightmare mess is to get rid of the tiny little f- fraction of a percentage of protectionism in the U.S. policy panoply is just so completely antiquated, stupid thinking, and we're going to see it all over again from the D.C. conservatives. Yeah, I mean, I think if if you uh, simply imposed tariffs on their subsidized products, that would level the playing field. And once they get rid of their subsidies, we could get rid of our tariffs. And that's the whole—that's what the farmers have been saying. Look, we're all for less tariffs. We're all for less subsidies. But, you know, please, can we— can we, can we weigh the, the sides and see who's doing what right. and focus on them? You know, I, I quote Matthew uh, from the Bible, Matthew 7. You know, the, the, the D.C. conservatives are, see logs in eyes all around the world and are, want to blind us because of the speck in ours. Right. It's just, it's just it, it's idiotic. And Trump, so quint- that's one of the most crystallized things he had he he showed us with his entry into the and look it's not all him i just use him as he you know as i say in the piece if the political landscape is an etch-a-sketch no one's done more to shake the excrement out of it than trump yeah so so true and to, to, to look at the to look at the trade market this you know the farm bill in the same way in 23 as we did in 2013 is idiotic. That's right. Well, and, and again, we all want free trade, but we have to end the subsidies that are being provided across the across the globe. And uh, once they take care of their, you know, we're going to reduce our subsidies and make it a level playing field. We can get rid of our tariffs. In the meantime, let's impose tariffs. Yes, I, I, and again. I'm, I'm, I'm all for imposing tariffs above and beyond what we do in the farm bill. Yeah. Again, uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. I hope you'll visit lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seton, always appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for 
more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, among other things, providing policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. It's a moral imperative. The website is thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Bob, it's my pleasure, no matter where I am, or you are, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually in the Thursday. same place. <laughs> yeah, so, Bill, you down, you're taking a little vacation from uh, uh, up north in uh, in New York and uh, down in Naples. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, it's. I have to say, um, it just always feels good to get home. I mean, there's just you know, no matter where you go, whether it's a jazz cruise that you guys love or visiting people or what have you i mean just kind of nice to walk into your place and oh, say yeah. man i'm home yeah, you know absolutely for sure so is there any update on the ongoing saga of uh, uh, the law firm that's going to support the city of naples i know that uh, that was up in the air last time we talked oh okay sure they are formally out and that's o u t okay they they resigned hmm. um and uh, they left um, the city uh, is in a box. The council members really and truly don't know what to do because they've got 60 days um, and to find a new firm. And the, the rumor was they were going to take their second choice. You know, a couple of years ago, they had two firms narrowed down and they ended up with the Voss firm and um, of O's firm, and uh, so they, 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 from what I understand, they were going to reach out to the 
to the second firm and see if they'd be interested. Um, they, um, and then behind the scenes, they have one gentleman that worked with the Vos firm who uh, really wasn't uh, a part of them, kind of a separate attorney. And they were thinking, uh, this is what I hear from behind the lines, they're thinking, ask him to stay on and just, you know, work with them and get them through until they hire somebody. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, Bob, here's my thought. You're going to say, Bill, I don't know, uh, but I'm going to say this. Uh, and, and this is an if I were mayor and I'm not in it, so it doesn't really make a lot of difference. First of all, I don't think I'd get myself in this situation because I didn't like that law firm. And, and uh, right off the bat, they're a small firm. They had never experienced uh, working for a city like Naples. Hmm. Um, going to the bottom line, I would I would swallow my pride. I would tell us tell the council members, look, people, uh, we're in a box here. We don't even know how much legal damage might have been done by these people for the last two years or hmm. where they are or, or anything like that. I would go out and reach out to 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 Jim Fox, our former attorney, or one of the good firms, or you know, or or Russell Andrus, and say, "All right, um, hats in hand, would you come and represent us uh, at least on a temporary basis? We'll work a deal out with you. Obviously, going to have to pay, and uh, get us straightened out again um, until we can uh, see the daylight. But they won't do that, Bob. You know it. Yeah." You know, and it takes, I would imagine it takes a, a lot of time for a firm to get up to up to date and up to speed with regard to city business. You know, you just can't walk in the first day and start making judgments without understanding the city and, and its workings up to that point. So I would, Correct. I would imagine there's a, that's quite an investment to change firms. You've got to make a good decision. Yeah, yeah. And, and it just seems to be a never ending uh, uh, saga of people leaving and, you uh, you know, the, the city manager seems to be doing a good job, but I mean, he's got his hands tied to a certain extent as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have, you got to be able to depend on your attorneys because they work so closely together on a daily basis. And uh, um, they, they, the council is going to have, you know, some issues trying to get some things done, no doubt about it. And, um, you know, there's some solutions out there, but, but what they choose to do will be interesting. I, I hope they make the right one and get on the right path. Because it's uh, it's really sad, and you know the mayor was the one that wanted this firm so bad. Uh, she she was fighting all the way for him, and the you know the simple reason was uh, that the uh, the attorney that worked here um, was very close with her, and you know informed her of every single thing, whether she needed to know it or not, and um, it just wasn't a good it wasn't a good relationship. And I think other council members felt it as well. So um, I think it's for the best that they're gone or will be leaving, and uh, hopefully this will be maybe a little lesson learned. Um, you know, <clears throat> do a little better research um, and um, and go after someone that has a name. You know what I mean? I do. Now, what, were you pleased with the performance of Fox as our attorney? I was. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think Jim Fox did a great job. And I, I think Jim Fox is probably one of the smartest, uh, one of the best attorneys in the state of Florida. I do. I mean, I worked with that firm for, for, for a lot of years, Bob. And you didn't see the things that we see here where there's uh, cases up in the air. And I mean, they they were they were very, very thorough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yeah, I had no issue whatsoever. But, you know, it's um it's uh, uh, 
whatever the cards are, you know, people have different opinions and what have you. What's who's a good attorney, who's not. We have some really good attorneys in this town. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, and we have to. It's Naples. Yeah. So, you know. Well, we hope you'll make a good decision. Just on, on a different note, though, any uh, we had uh, the, the celebration of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act yesterday at the White House. Uh, James Taylor singing. <laughs> and, gonna make me, you want to make me lose my breakfast? <laughs> oh, no, but the worst day in the market since 2020. I mean, it's it, you just can't make this stuff up. No, no. I, I, I don't know how in the world... They they could do that. I I I just don't, Bob. It's it's way past me. Maybe you could explain it. Well, I can't. I mean, you just uh, here's the thing. Uh, when it comes to inflation, I mean, you can you can call it whatever you want to. You know, basically, this administration is saying, "What are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes?" You know, right? <laughs> People right, are doing yeah. with their pocketbook. They're seeing these the cost of these things, and so he's talking about how the economy is recovering. But I think each American is probably saying, "Well, it's not my economy that's recovering because I'm struggling with what's happening." Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it just, just kind of makes you wonder. I, I, I kind of shudder sometimes to pick up the paper or to put the news on. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, you want to do it. And on the other, you know, one part of you says, no, I'm not doing this today. I'm having a free day. Okay. <laughs> go about my business and I don't want to know what's going on. And then the other party says, no, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on out there. And, you know, I, 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 I just don't know these days. Um, uh, everybody seems to have some issue going on, except, you know, it seems like we're doing um, a little better with Ukraine. It seems to be making some progress. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. It would be great to get this thing resolved. Uh, and uh, all the signals are right now, apparently, that uh, that uh, the Ukraine is uh, eliminating or pushing back uh, Russia. I don't know how, how, how that's going to uh, serve Putin, I don't think it's going to work out so well for him, but uh, we, can, no. we can only hope it, uh, it, it this is resolved. Bill, I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Uh, thank you so well, much. Bob, I always appreciate being on with you, and uh, we do make some progress and have some fun. Absolutely. I hope you make it a great day, Bill. Thank you so much. Thanks, Bob. Take care. Bye. My, my pleasure. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we'll visit with William Yateman, Research Fellow at the Cato Institute. Chris Hall is our uh, uh, re recently elected uh, county commissioner in District 2. We'll visit with Chris and uh, talk about his uh, vision for the county and for Collier County. We'll also visit with Erica Donald. She is the CEO of the Optima Foundation, former, uh, by the way, school board member. And so it'll be interesting to get her insights, as well as Larry Bell. He's an endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of uh, 12 books, his latest, Architectures Beyond Boxes and Boundaries, My Life by Design. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com, bobharden at hotmail.com. Also, if you enjoy the show, hey, tell your friends. Uh, that's how we build our audience and support our advertisers. So uh, get the word out for us. We appreciate it. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>